welcome to the Maelstrom Frequency. Today we're going to be talking about art and advocacy and doing programs with kids and how that all works together and intersects and the challenges that we face when they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, We are here today with Martinique Mims. If you could introduce yourself, talk about sort of a brief overview of who you are as an artist and, and yeah, what brings you here? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, So I guess a little bit about me. uh, I really was felt like known as a spoken word artist, especially like as a high school student and then even in college. And it kind of switched and moved and flowed into a dancer, um, which I can't believe as a kid. I I didn't like ballet or anything like that. I was more of a gymnast type of girl. Um, But now as an adult, I teach ballet, basic ballet, foundational, <laughs> and basic movement um, to kids as far as like preschool all the way up to about fifth grade. Um, and that's really been going over really well um, across Cleveland for me. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I really am pushed and pulled now to, like you mentioned, advocacy within arts and pushing and pulling out what poverty and what hunger might look like and how can we make sure that you know, our community is aware of what's going on and just understanding, um, you know, nutrition. You're meeting with your artists tonight. Can you talk more about uh, what this is about? Why you're meeting with them? What are you cooking up? Yes. So uh, tonight we are going to be talking about Station Hope. Um, and we are performing in Station Hope, um, which is going to be May 27th. And I'm really excited to have a large group. Usually I've done Station Hope by myself. Um, So now I have about five or six other people joining me and I'll kind of be directing and guiding them. Um, And our piece is centered around um, food education. And so it is called Stories Around the Table. And we are going to just be depicting what stories around the table looks like for African-Americans. So all the way from uh, starting in Africa as, you know, kings and queens and then going through slavery um, up until what does our soul food really look like and how does it make our our culture um, in present day? And so we're going to be dancing. We got some visual artists. Uh, we got a spoken word artist and a narrator. So I'm really excited to see how this is going to, you know, really play out. I feel like this is, I mean, I feel like there's a theme happening in your artist work because there's overlaps it is. directly into um, Food First, which is kind of getting into the meat of what we're going to talk about today. Can you speak more on that? Yeah. So um, just to kind of go back and to explain why I'm so um, pushed to get into the food insecurity and um, just food education. Uh, So as a young person, I just graduated from college. I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated. Um, And I didn't feel like I had a sense of purpose until I stepped into my AmeriCorps experience with City Year. It really made me feel like, oh, I'm I'm doing something. Uh, We always say a cause greater than self. And it really gave me that sense um, and so I worked um, in the Central Promise neighborhood and uh, Buckeye Woodhill um, at two elementary schools. And I just saw a lot of my students coming into the schools, um, you know, with hot flaming chips and Doritos and uh, candy. And that just set the tone for the academic day. Um, and it, it made me realize I can create something for my kids myself. And so I created an after school program called Let's Move. 
and that's Michelle Obama's Healthy School Initiative. So I had the kids, um, you know, planting and making a garden. We introduced them to different green smoothies and uh, granola and all that kind of stuff and also did it through dance um, and art. And that really, like, inspired me. My kids would just be, like, lit up um, and excited to see what kind of green thing we're going to eat today. Um, and so I didn't know how to really get involved into the food movement. I didn't even really know it was a food movement going on. Um, but I knew also I wanted to be an artist, um, but I didn't know how to claim that. And so mm. throughout some years, I was kind of like flowing and I had the quarter life crisis crying all the time. Like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and so I had a mentor really explain to me, like, you keep talking about wanting to do this, wanting to do that, but you're sitting at home on the couch. Get up and go where the artists are if you want to be an artist. Do what people are doing in the food movement if that's something you want to do. Go discover it. Have, a you know, an informational interview with someone. So that's kind of what I started to do. I just got up. I was like, I need to stop crying. <laughs> um, and so that's how I kind of, like, pushed myself into the art world. Um, discovering jump in real quick now um because why art like you know i think you know not that it's obvious but like it it makes sense why you would be concerned about food insecure this is a big big issue um but why did you feel drawn that like art was part of the way of solving that problem i think just thinking about myself personally as a young person i was quiet I didn't really talk in school. I didn't feel like, you know, people would care to hear my voice until I had a teacher have us do something with poetry, um, like folklores or something like that. And I had to present it in front of the class. And people listened to me. People, like, gave me a standing ovation. And that made me feel like, what? I have something to say, but I felt I needed to do it as an artist. That's the only way I could express myself. I, I realized, like, if I write things down and if I perform it, I can deliver with confidence. And so that's what I noticed as a young kid. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like maybe a lot of kids feel this way. So how can we use art? Everybody want to be an influencer, right? Everybody want to be a creator, YouTube, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Well, how can we help kids discover more about who they are, discover history about the world or something like that, and let's make them have fun with it. Let them express. Let them be creative. Let them, like we mentioned earlier, think outside of the box. Um, And so that kind of pushed me to, you know, saying, hey, how can I spread advocacy work through art? answers that um <laughs> you put that on a bumper sticker um it's a long bumper sticker if i guess <laughs> so then okay so uh take us then into um food first like yes yes path to that. so yeah so like i said i started doing a lot of art around the city and really claiming that and really being proud of it and getting opportunities i was mentioning like maelstrom really gave me the opportunity to claim it right <laughs> i am an artist um you know and so i i really felt more confident in myself um but i still didn't know how to get back into what is food? Like, what? how can I help people who are experiencing hunger or just understand it better? Um, and so I worked with City Year for about three years as a recruiter, but I knew that recruiting wasn't necessarily for me. And so I was like, okay, I need to take a risk. I took a risk, applied to a fellowship, a one-year fellowship, 
Um, and yeah, it, it's, it talked all about helping people of color learn about the importance of nutrition. How can we make sure that our people are aware of um, their health? Uh, and so, and they, they are, um, reside in like Oakland, California, but they have people from all over. So we got people in Mississippi, obviously Cleveland here represented, and then we have Detroit. Um, and it, it seems like, it, I was looking at the website, it seems like it's a, like a lot of grassroots. Yeah, it's grassroots, um, yes. Things. And I think that's, makes so much sense that instead of trying to be this big organization it across is. the country, it's like, no, let's support was already here on the And this fellowship is new for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So they opened it up for people who are kind of like early career, mid-career, who are still trying to figure out how can they get into this space. Um, So this is the first time we're doing this fellowship. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like we – you mentioned talking about challenges. It's the challenge of seeing, like, how can we really deliver this. Um, It's still very um, pilot program, um, but it's a great opportunity to kind of learn what – is it that I am capable of? <laughs> what can I really do um, as far as like, you know, making a small dent in a large issue, right? Um, but yeah, so I applied for this fellowship and now I have the opportunity to create a project which is called Unconventional Spaces. And I've hired about six local Cleveland artists. I'm really happy about that. Um, and we're all collaborating um, to help teach uh, youth and their families about uh, food. And then also going out into the community and doing different shows, pop-up shows about food in different ways, in unconventional ways. Can you give us some examples? Yeah. So right now, um, keeping it very simple, we're doing like a beautification project at a farm potentially in the next few weeks um, where some of the visual artists who are selected, they're going to be doing a mural. Um, they're going to be painting a shed. Uh, we've got one dancer that's going to go uh, to a farm on the west side here in Cleveland, and she's just going to dance around uh, the crops and, you know, uh, dance in the soil and all that kind of stuff. We're going to record it. And possibly have like a talk back about what does it mean, you know, what does any of this mean, and uh, what does food insecurity mean? So, something I've noticed just in the first few episodes of recording the show is that I think a lot of artists, either because they're supplementing their work or because they are passionate about it, or both usually, end up doing some sort of educational component to their work. Like I have a background in um, doing after-school programs with journalism and video production. Um, We had uh, Elaine and Mo on uh, previously, and they are both doing education in yoga and art and printmaking and things like that. And so I think there's this interesting thing that we were talking about before, like before we start recording about like how art can help you think creatively, communicate the things that you can't say or get the words for. And so like even you just describing like doing a dance in the soil in, in the, and in talking about that, like what that means. That seems like such a unorthodox, unconventional. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's in the title. Um, approach to doing this sort of work. And I'm, I'm curious, like what, like what was your mindset behind that? Like why get that granular about like doing things differently rather than, I think a lot of times when people think, arts program for kids it's very much like draw a picture or like you know and it's not that there's anything wrong with that but that like it's it sounds like you're really trying to stretch the limits of what that means and I'm curious what like why (laughs) yeah I just think that um thinking outside about this is really what Maelstrom kind of helped me to do when I first came here they put me with a young lady I never met and said 
create something, do it, and make it something very, it could be weird. Was this from Verlash? I think so. I think so. And so I was like, wow, what? I never (laughs) did anything like this. I can't think of anything. But we created something that was, you know, very unique. And it made me feel, uh, again, that confidence. Um, And it made me feel like, hey, certain things don't have to be exactly to a T, right? Um, And so I just like that funky kind of abstract kind of move. But helping other people who might not be able to get into spaces like these, um, the opportunity to see it and maybe create it themselves. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what kind of pushed this. No, I love it. I love that. Um, I personally think there needs to be more of it. So I just want And to I really, it. I really <laughs> wanted it to be, and, and this too kind of goes into, so I had to do a project proposal um, before, uh, you know, you get accepted. And um Initially, I was like, we're going to be in supermarkets. We're going to be, like, at the farmer's markets. We're going to be dancing. We're going to have this big, big, ginormous canvas of, like, I don't know, food facts or something like that for regular, everyday people to be immersed in art and just walk up and be like, "What what is this? Maybe you read, like, how many calories, how many this you should eat or whatever it could be. Um, And it's just in your face. And I think that's so cool. Like, that's so different. It's so funky. So... Um, that's kind of where the idea came from. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. And it's it's that disruptiveness. It's also that's accessibility, right? right? Yeah. Like, it's those two, you know, places where those two things kind of yeah. merge. And I think, you know, I, I have my own personal goal of, like, wanting to just see more weird art be accessible that's to what us. I want the weird. Yeah. Like, I, I like, it, there's... It, but I, I want weird with a purpose. That's sure, my thing. Like, sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to just like, what? Oh, okay. No, right. I want you to stand here and Our I want time you is to precious. really sing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. But yeah, don't say what you I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying like, I want people to walk up to something very strange and out of this world and then be like, oh, wait, let me think inward. How mm. am I showing up for myself? How am I showing up for my people? Um, whether I'm a person of color or not, like, who am I? And what am I giving to the world? Um, and so much, I feel like sometimes we do things just to say, oh, I did it as an artist. Um, but with everything going on in the world right now, I think we need to make people think a little bit more. Not too hard. Sure. <laughs> right. This isn't a lecture. Yeah. No, no, no. Not like that. But something where I'm going to walk away and, oh, I'm going to treat this person this way. Or I'm going to show up for my family this way. Um, here's what I can bring to the table at Thanksgiving instead of X, Y, and Z. Here's something new we can try. Like, right. that's what I really want. And Focusing on youth, right, um, they're so more open-minded in a sense. If we can tell them about food and health, they can then go back and tell their families. And that's exactly what's happening as we're working with the kids now. I mean, Sequoia will tell you, like, her preschoolers that she works with, one day she showed up with candy, and they were like, whoa, 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 Miss Sequoia, what, what you doing? That's not healthy. Like, let's let's change the snack up. Not the kids. The five and six and three. Yes. And so that just, like, uplifts me. They'll be like, wow. So they're thinking about their own health. And I think, and I'm curious what you think about this, but I feel like, especially just in my own life, you get into a routine. You get into, like, I'm, I'm grabbing this food, not because it's whatever, but it's just this is the thing I do at 6 o'clock. It's time to eat. I'm going to eat this thing. Like, because I have a hundred other things on my mind and I'm not even, I don't have time. So I think there's something like inherently necessary to 
be disruptive in the way that you're describing, right? Like, yeah. And the other thing, too, somebody that told me, I was just casually talking about this program, and they were like, well, you don't need, I hope you're not forcing people to change their mm-hmm. way. Like, you shouldn't force somebody to eat like this because I said so. And that's not, I don't ever want that to be the case. Like, this is just to encourage you to at least make you aware and conscious of what we consume. And even besides consuming food, consuming anything, right? Um, and kids have so much access to a lot. So hopefully, hopefully we want them to just be aware. So. I wonder, too, if there's an element of, like, again, also this intersects with artistry in terms of you doing movement. But, like, is there something also about getting into your body, being present, mm-hmm. that kind of ties into some of the things you're talking about that, like, it, like I keep thinking about disrupting a routine and, like, yes. the idea of doing performance out in the spaces that are incon- unconventional, like, it sounds like this falls in line with that sort of like learning to be more present in your body and taking them yes. and being that mindfulness. And I wonder if it is, sort of it is. So, um, talking about other places in Oryx, so I work with Rainy Institute, um, and they gave me the opportunity to teach uh, preschool all the way up to about fifth grade, um, and teach them about food education, but through dance. Um, and so I had the students learning about their emotions. So as an actor, as a dancer, when we perform, we have to exude something. And the word for it is immorvir. I probably am mispronouncing it. But it's a Latin word. It means move with emotion. And so I have the students talk about what does anger look like? What does sad look like? What does happy look like? And let's dance it out. But here, let's add another piece to it. We're going to be dancing for harvest if we're dancing for harvest and you want to try new foods, what would you look like if you were afraid to try new foods? What would you look like if you were happy? And so we danced all this out, and they got to perform. It was so nice. I was so proud. Like, I didn't know how it was going to turn out because it was challenging. Yeah. To, they knew that they were here for a dance, but I threw something at them like, no, no, we're going to be telling a story, but also we're going to be talking about food and education. <laughs> they were kind of like, what? But okay, I like apples, I like bananas, I like this. Well, what does an apple look like if it danced? What does a banana look like if it danced? So that's kind of what we've been doing. <laughs> well, actually, this gets into something else I wanted to ask about, which is we were talking about, like, the challenges before. Like, I can imagine that trying to pitch something like this can be challenging, especially in schools, especially in schools that really need it. If they really need it, that's probably because they've got, like, seven other fires they have to put out today. Um, and so I wonder, like, speaking about, like, some of the challenging moments of, like, how, like, you know, this is a pilot program. How do you, like, learn to navigate these spaces? It is. And before we got on here, I was talking about uh, this whole experience has really made me reflect and think a lot about how am I showing up in meetings? Um, how am I coming across? I feel like I... I thought about it a lot because I am kind of this quirky, you know, weird kind of girl, really bubbly. I get that told that a lot. Um, but now that I'm the face of a project that is me, it's my representation, right? Um, I'm starting to really see like, oh, I feel like I might be showing up as a young kid or um, not taken seriously um, as an adult. And so I'm trying to figure out how can I still remain myself but make sure you know what's up. Like, mm. hey, I'm about business. Like, I'm ready. And I have my people. And they're here. And we're ready to teach. We're ready to, you know, help other people explore themselves. Um, but the challenge has been, you know, just showing up in meetings. 
Um, and, you know, some people will say, well, most of the, everybody who I've talked to, oh, it's such a great idea. This is great. This is great. Come on, come on. And then when we get there, it's like, wait, no, not wait. I'm sorry. We can't. Mm. And I'm like, oh, and this has been so crushing because I am on a time limit. Um, and, you know, I really want this to work well. And now that I am managing other people who have their own artist things going on, I have to respect that. And I, I want to respect that. Um, and so it's been hard to try and balance and figure out placement and all this kind of stuff. And so there's been quite a bit of setbacks. I'm, I'm learning to pivot. That's been my <laughs> word this year. Um, and that's going to go into the research when um, this ends in August, the whole entire fellowship. We have to do a presentation about just the discovery. Um, and so I definitely am learning the word pivot and what does that mean. Um, I'm also realizing I might be complaining a lot. <laughs> and so I'm trying to take a step back from that as well. Because uh, that's a, to me right now, with a time crunch, it's a time waster. Mm. Um, and so I, I realized I got to keep going. I, I had other personal things happen this uh, past year as well that was so unexpected. Um, and then again, learning how to pivot. And, you know, I can't sit and sulk um, in it. And I had to just pick it up because, again, this is going to end this was a big risk. It was an only one year thing. So here I am. I got to deliver. Um, and so even though, you know, the doors have been kind of getting shut or people are agreeing and then, you know, taking it back or whatever it is, um, I'm learning you got to keep pushing. And yeah. you got to, as the leader, as a manager, um, you know, you got to show up. And you got to be honest. Um, you got to be real. Uh, but you got to keep going, like. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta also steer the ship. Like you gotta, yes. yeah, you're, you're, you're leading the project. Like, even I could cry. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it. Like, and I think there's like, I, I can definitely see, at least for myself, like a lot of the skills I had to learn when I was managing programs. I ended up when I started managing art projects and like doing shows, I was like, oh, this is so much easier now because I don't have to go through the bureaucracy of like also getting through a school or through some organization or something. Like there's, but it is, it's, it's, you, you're right. There is that, as much as we want to give ourselves time and like, you know, be a, at a, at a pace that works, you sometimes just have to get the work done because there's a deadline. And so that can make all that pressure. So like, if you're listening and you have a pro, a school, or a place where there's kids that could use such an education. I feel like Martinique would be a great person to just hit up right now. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, I don't know. You can't hear the passion in her voice or not, but you know, I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm here. We're ready. We really are. And you know something too about this project. I don't want it to purely always be about um, food insecurity. Mm. I I would love for it to be about a lot of issues happening in the world. And how can we, you know, push that out? I know a lot of groups and organizations are already doing that. Um, But I think, hey, why not? Why not collaborate? I think that's the other thing. I love collaboration. Um, so many people are in silos and think that, oh, I got to one up, mm-hmm. one up. Oh, I, I don't I don't have time for that. Yeah. I want to collaborate and see, okay, you doing the same thing? Let's do it together. Or at least I can help you with something else and you can help me with something else as well. Um, I, I, I definitely, I don't like it when it feels like, no, no, this is my thing and you can't be a part of it. Yeah. No, no, I want everybody help me out, y'all. Like, <laughs> help, help, come on. Like, it, it, it's more than enough space for everyone. So that's why this is unconventional spaces. So we're bringing everybody into the space. I think, it, I mean, that's another theme that's come up in these episodes too is like 
everyone speaking in different ways about like how collaboration ultimately oh, it's so important. is the, the key to some of this. Is Working that, with these people that's showing up here, I'm learning so much. Yeah. And that some of them have never met. And just, that's what the thing, the hint of Maelstrom. Like, I didn't meet some of these people. I didn't know Sequoia until I, I came say, here. Sequoia, right? Right? And we've been working on a whole bunch of projects for, like, how many years? I wrote years? a book. Like, yeah, we got a book. <laughs> um, and it's wonderful. And, and I love it. And I love being able to share a little bit about her when I go and speak to other groups. And people know her work. Like, come on. <laughs> She's everywhere. And so just an opportunity to meet new people and uh, discover their ideas without harm. Right. Yeah. Like there's no, and I'm not trying to one up you. I'm trying right. to work with you. Help me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a, a similar energy here at, at Maelstrom. Yeah. And even like, I remember just even Issa Rae talked about like the idea of building out laterally that like, you know, instead of trying to climb a ladder, she's obviously speaking specifically to the Hollywood industry, but like, she's like, instead of trying to climb up, you could be building with people who have skills that are right exactly. next to you and that like you build a better foundation that yes. way and so i mean it all hi i can tie it always back to art at some point um yes. but no i i, I you know are we start wrapping this up because this has been a wonderful conversation and i feel like we could keep going but i want to make sure that like you know i give you a space to with any last final thoughts or feelings about this um but i want to lead with this sort of question of like what what has so far what has this experience taught you yeah um it's taught me again going back to pivot it's taught me to be okay with it to be okay that things aren't going as planned um i, I think i was telling you this before we got on like oh i see myself as a perfectionist and i didn't realize how much and that that can also be an internal setback because um, I'm thinking everything needs to go this one way that I already initially said, and it doesn't have to. Um, and to be okay to kind of let loose and let go, um, to also, you know, show up with a, a sense of seriousness, I guess, or I don't know how to explain, um, but how I show up in spaces, right, is very important. Mm. Um, and I knew this, but I'm starting to really, like, see it right now it's a different language it's it it's, it's learning a different language it's learning a different like and since i've been and... out of the like leadership mindset of like really managing a group of people it's been years since i've managed like myself <laughs> um i'm learning what that is and what that looks like again um and i think i kind of needed that I didn't realize. At first I was like, I'm fine. You tell me what to do. Go ahead. <laughs> but now I have to tell other people, like, here's what we need to get done. Um, and so I, I'm realizing, again, what does the word leadership mean? Um, and I realized that sometimes everybody don't need to be a leader. I thought everybody should be a leader. You should mm -hmm. always say you want to be a leader. Come on, what? I used to tell the kids that when I say, who's a leader? And nobody raised their hand. I would be so shocked. But sometimes now I'm realizing it's okay. Like, Sometimes you got to know your place, your space, try it out, figure it out, learn to pivot. Um, but it's okay if you think right at this moment you don't need to be a leader. You could be something else because leadership is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's no joke. It doesn't mean don't, don't, but also be aware that it's okay if you want to take a step back. Yeah, That's a, a leadership skill. Yeah, exactly. It's a skill set. Like learning when to be a leader is yes. part of leadership skills. I thought you were supposed to be a leader every time, every time you step out the house. 
No. What's worth? What's <laughs> best for the collaborative? What's best for exactly. the work that needs to get exactly. done, right? Exactly. Or the art that needs to get made. <laughs> well, Martinique, this was a pleasure. Thank you for being on yes, here. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, thank you for being part of this. And like I said, uh, you should. Where Where should they go if they should? want more information about your yes. programming and what you do. So there's a quite a few places you can check us out, obviously, on foodfirst.org. Uh, that is the main space that is, you know, funding us, supporting us. Um, but my unconventional spaces is up. We are creating a website, so you could probably search it and find it. Um, it is made through Canvas. I am trying to switch it over. Um, but you can also check me out um, on thecolorofstories.com. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> The Maelstrom Frequency is a production of Maelstrom Collaborative Arts. To learn more about Maelstrom, you can visit us at maelstromcollaborativearts.org or find us on social media. If you would like to support this podcast, and we would be thrilled if you would, you can do so at maelstromcollaborativearts slash donate. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks.